Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? In the season's worst conditions, winter tires are a game changer. They elevate traction, control, and confidence. They sell only the best, like the full line of Kumo tires. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to your one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Welcome in, podcast listeners. I hope you guys are having a fantastic Friday. We have got a loaded show for you. In Hour 3, we'll talk with Charles Davis, who's up at the NFL Combine, which is what we start the show off talking about. I watched last night. I love, love, love the NFL Combine and all the drills. It was in primetime for the first time ever. We talk about what we saw there. Also, we dive into the world of baseball with the Astros getting beamed like crazy with our guy, John Morosi. Big discussion, though, is about Tom Brady with reports that he is planning on leaving the Patriots. Where is he going to end up? I argue it's going to be the Titans if he actually leaves the Patriots. We break down all the contenders, analyze the Brady drama. It's OutKick, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, live, but it begins now for all of you on the podcast. Enjoy. OutKick the coverage with Clay Travis, live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern. 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the coverage at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. Hope your Friday is going spectacularly well. We've got a fun show coming your direction. Got to be honest with everybody out there. You know what I did last night? I sat and I watched the NFL Combine in primetime. I watched all the 40s being run. I watched the wide receivers uh, and uh, and the quarterbacks run. I watched the drills. It went on till like 11 o'clock Eastern. I couldn't pull myself away. And this is the first year that the NFL Combine has ever been in primetime. And I absolutely loved it. This, I believe, is going to turn into a pretty popular event because our country is obsessed with football. And I bet there are a ton of you like me who watched it. Now, partly that's because on Lock It In and on many other states, 
you can now bet on what guys are going to run the 40 in or how many bench press reps they're going to do or any of those other sundry drills that are going to be run. If you need something fun to entertain yourself with, you can do research on what guys are going to do. For instance, on Lock It In, I bet on Henry Ruggs to not set an incredible number on the 40 and I may win the week again for a fourth straight week because Henry Ruggs was fantastic. He ran a 4-2-7, but he did not beat the all-time combine record. However, if you're not familiar with Henry Ruggs, he is an incredible wide receiver for Alabama who has a phenomenal level of athleticism. Let me hit you with a couple of those stats from last night. Henry Ruggs III had the highest vertical leap, 42 inches, of any player to run a sub 4-3 since official combine data was tracked in 2003. So that puts into context how athletic this guy is to jump a 42-inch vertical and also run a sub 4-3. His 4-2-7 is the fourth fastest uh, at the combine uh, since 2006. So that is pretty wild to think about how athletic he is. And for people out there who say, well, it doesn't really matter how fast you are, that's overrated. According to NFL research, Henry Ruggs is the seventh wide receiver to run a sub 4-3 in a 40-yard dash at the NFL Combine since 2003. The previous six have averaged 24.9 yards uh, receiving per game in their NFL careers. That's pretty wild. Again, speed matters. Henry Ruggs, only the seventh wide receiver to run a sub-4-3. The previous six to do it have averaged 24.9 yards uh, receiving uh, per game in their NFL careers. Oh, sorry. I misread this. I thought that was per catch. So the previous six haven't really had any success at all. Um, but at least he's going to be super fast. Sorry, it's early in the morning. I read that first thing this morning when I woke up, and I was like, wow, that's an incredible stat. No, no. The, I was reading it as uh, yards per catch. It's yards per game. Well, that's not very good. So historically, being super fast has not mattered. And you know what? Like, I mean, it's interesting. Michael Thomas ran a four-five-seven. And he's the best wide receiver in the NFL. So what often matters is not how fast you can run. It's are you fast enough? And then how can you start and stop? How well do you run routes? All of those different things factor in at an incredibly high level. The other thing I will tell you is the 40-yard dash, I'm, we're going to do this for charity. I think people's understanding of their speed is one of the least knowledgeable aspects of all of people's knowledge of their sporting abilities. And let me put it into context for you. If you can't dunk a basketball, odds are you probably can't break a 5-0-40 in the 40-yard dash. Let me repeat that for you. Most people out there know whether they can dunk a basketball or not. I don't know what the percentages are of people who can uh, dunk a basketball, but but what do you think? One in a thousand, maybe, can dunk a basketball? And obviously, height factors in here as well. But 
if you're able to dunk a basketball, you typically have a pretty good vertical, and you need to have a really good vertical to be able to break a 5040. And people out there, because these big linemen are running and everything else, they're like, oh, I'm faster than that fat guy. You see people on television running, you know, like when a fumble happens or the lineman gets an interception and he's rumbling. No, no, you would look slower than the fattest, slowest offensive and defensive lineman in the NFL if you were on the field. That lineman would dust you in the 40, by and large. And I feel like people's lack of awareness about their speed is the biggest blind spot that exists in American sporting life. Because again, you know whether or not you can dunk a basketball. Every single person listening to me right now knows whether they can dunk a basketball. One in a thousand might be wrong. Maybe it's one in 200. Whatever the number is, it's a rare talent to be able to dunk a basketball. And I mean legitimately dunk a basketball. I don't mean once out of 30 times you can scrape it over the rim. I mean, if you were in a basketball game in high school, you could dunk it with ease if you were uh, if you had a breakaway. Most high school basketball teams don't have more than one or two guys who can dunk it, and those are two of the best athletes that exist in the entirety of the high school. Uh, so that people understand, and people also understand strength a little bit more. Most people can't bench press 225 pounds one time, that's what they test at the combine. We had a punter crank out 24 reps, by the way, which is the strongest kicker in the history of mankind. It's got to be. For a long time, my goal was to get one rep on 225. And I eventually got up, I think, to four or five reps on 225. So pound for pound, I'm one of the strongest sports talk radio hosts, not to brag or draw attention to myself. Pound for pound, I'm one of the strongest sports talk radio hosts in the country. Let's just be honest. There's a lot of weaklings out there, but I can't come close to breaking a 5.040. And frankly, most high school football teams don't even have one guy who could break a 4.9 or a 4.8. Most of them don't have a guy who could break a 5.0 on a laser at the combine. You just don't. True speed is rare. And so I tweeted this out, but we're going to do it. I'm going to get it. We've done this before on uh, the radio show like a decade ago, and hardly anybody could break a 5-0. We're going to do a 40 challenge for charity. I'm going to get it set up somewhere, and we may have to do multiple cities uh, because obviously the radio programs become really popular. But my idea is to have... Everybody who believes they can break a 5040, we're going to set up a laser and you can show up and you put $100 in. If you break a 5040, you get back $200. But if you don't, all of your money goes to charity. I think we would raise thousands and thousands of dollars for charity and also humble a lot of you out there that don't understand how difficult it is to actually break a 5040. If you think you can break a 5.040, by the way, let me give you a little analogy. Uh, Arian Foster, Dub, look up exactly what Arian Foster ran at the 40, uh, at the NFL Combine. Arian Foster, who was a heck of a running back for the Houston Texans and a heck of a running back for the University of Tennessee, 
ran in the four sevens, I believe, at the NFL Combine. Now, he says he had a tight hamstring, and uh, but when you watched him play, I never saw him get caught from behind in his on-the-field football uh, exploits. If you believe that you are a sub-5.0 guy, that means when Arian Foster came into the NFL Combine, uh, that you believe you and he could stand side-by-side, starting running back in the NFL, that if you guys started running side-by-side, at the end of the 40, you would be able to dive and tackle him. All right, think about that for a minute. That's what you believe if you believe you're a sub-5-0 guy. That means that Arian Foster, if you lined up right beside him, uh, 4-6-8 is what Arian Foster ran. All right? 4-6-8 for Arian Foster um, on his 40 at the Combine. You basically believe that if you were running alongside of him, you could at the end dive and try to make a tackle on him if you run a sub 5.040. You can't do it. Relatively rare. Again, an easy way to test if you can run a sub 5.040 is can you dunk a basketball? If you can dunk a basketball, you might be able to run a sub 5.040. Not if you're like six foot eight, but if you're like, you know, six one, six foot, something like that, and you can dunk a basketball, you might be able to break a 5.040. That's the kind of spring you need from the vertical. Usually a good test for how fast you're going to be. I just talked about Henry Ruggs III um, and the fact that he had a 42-inch vertical. Usually your vertical is a rough approximation of how fast you're going to be. The, the better your vertical, the faster you're going to be. It's not always a test. It doesn't always correspond completely, uh, but it's a decent test. It kind of gives you an idea of what kind of spring you have in your uh, in your lower body that will shoot you out of the cannon there when you actually run a 40. So I loved it. I watched it. We're going to do a charity event surrounding this. I think people are going to absolutely love it. Um, and, uh, and we will all dive in. And I'm not even going to run. I'm not even close to it. I know that I will injure myself as I get older. I'm going to turn 41 in April. The last thing I want to do is uh, is tear my hamstring trying to break a uh, trying to break a six point oh forty when I know that I have almost no chance of doing it. I'll bring my kids and I'll let my kids run it. You can, by the way, bring your kids and let them run it too. But we would uh, back in the day have entire high schools show up, good high school football teams. You know, guys who are in pretty good physical condition and train all the time. And all the entire high school football team would run. We're talking solid teams in the state of Tennessee that will contend for state championships. And none of the high school kids could break a 5-0 on the 40. So you get, um, this is the biggest misconception that's out there. Because there are so many kids in high school that claim that they run a 4-5, you know, on their rivals profile and their 24-7 sports profile, you get uh, lied to so frequently by your high school football coach, they can steal on those hand timers. I mean, three-tenths or four-tenths of a second, easy. So a guy who claims to run a 4-5 might legitimately run a 5-0 on the laser. And this is why, by the way, so many colleges want to have you on their campus for their high school football uh, you know, camps. Because the schools all want to time you 
themselves because none of the coaches in college football trust high school football coach timing or they want to see video of players running track where they can at least see what they run in the 100, the 200, and uh, all the relays. They want either track time that's legit or they want to see you on their campus so they can time you themselves for their football camps. They don't trust your high school football coach because he's lying to you. We come back, we'll talk some of that. Uh, You can call in, by the way, if you were watching the Combine and you have questions for me. I trained for the NFL Combine, so I actually have a decent bit of knowledge for this. And we should bring this back, and I should put it up on OutKick so people can read it. But the way that I met Jeff Schwartz, who comes on here as a guest uh, guest host and comes on here weekly now, is uh, in Nashville when I was 28 years old. I spent an entire spring training with a bunch of NFL hopefuls. So uh, what they do is when you finish college football, if you have dreams of going to the NFL, guys finish their college football career and almost immediately go to start training for the combine. You run all the shuttle drills, you train for the 40, you get ready for the bench press, uh, all of that stuff. Uh, For almost two months straight, I trained alongside all of these NFL Combine guys with the idea that I was going to write a book about the experience. And I still wrote the book about the experience, but New York City publishers, in all of their uh, innate esteem and knowledge, didn't want to publish the book because they said people don't care enough about the NFL draft to read a book about it. Now, this was about 12 years ago. And I said, are you crazy? Do you look at the NFL draft ratings? Do you know how much interest there is in college football players who go from, uh, you know, straight from college football to suddenly training for the NFL combine and have so much money on the line and what they're going to run the 40 in and how many bench press reps they're going to do and shuttle combine, uh, shuttle uh, drills and all the interviews and all the stress and everything else. And they were like, yeah, people don't care enough about the NFL to care about the NFL draft. And I said, oh, my God. Now, this is where one of the challenges of being a writer is you're selling books most of the time to New York City publishers who aren't big sports fans. I still wrote the book, and we uh, published it online at Fan House, which was a place that uh, that I wrote uh, at the time. Some of you may remember Fan House, uh, which was uh, part of AOL Sports Uh, back in the day before uh, they got uh, bought out. And uh, a lot of good writers were uh, were at Fan House back in the day. And then they just suddenly shut us down one morning. You went into work for a job, and then they shut the entire place down. So I've always had uh, a lot of sympathy for people out there who, uh, who, you know, you do all the good work you can, and then boom, your company just shuts down. It doesn't have anything to do at all with you. I've been there, done that, suddenly been in a position where you have two young kids and you don't have any ability uh, to make a living. That's how I ended up, by the way, starting my own website uh, because I didn't trust people to, uh, to to make a living in the world of uh, online sports uh, anymore. I just didn't trust uh, the, the, the marketplace. It's the best decision I ever made. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. 
Hey, it's Jonas Knox. And you know O'Reilly Auto Parts. You know, o o o o who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. We got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a robot pachinko machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum! And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events... You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Goodyear tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended installer near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerackcom sports to see their goodyear test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerackcom sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be 
Welcome back, Geico Outkick Studios. Hope your Friday is going spectacularly well. We're talking about the NFL Combine in primetime. A couple questions that people have. I'll take those calls, and then we're going to pivot into Tom Brady and the latest Brady drama. Uh, but let's first go to, uh, let's see, whoever the callers are. Dub, pop them up. Uh, we got Rob in Indiana. Rob, what you got for me? Hey man, how do you think Zion Williamson would test out in the combine? If you're if you're talking about your uh, vertical and your forty time, he would be the nastiest tight end in, in the NFL. Yeah, it's a good. Thanks for the call. It's a great question. Uh, what did what did Zion test out at the at the combine? Will somebody look up what his official vertical was? Um, I mean, I know it was probably off the charts. I'm thinking he's probably a forty inch vertical guy at least, being six foot six, two hundred eighty pounds. Wicked, which is freakish. Um, Albert O, by the way, if you're out there, and I can never pronounce his last name uh, perfectly, especially not without a pronunciation guide in front of me. It's a tight end from Missouri. He ran a 4.49, which when you look at size and weight was the most impressive 40 yesterday. I think he probably elevated himself. I've been saying it for a long time. In terms of production, this guy was a first-round uh, wide receiver. I'd be stunned if he doesn't end up going in the first round. Uh, he was the most impressive size weight guy. Uh, but I would think, uh, again, the biggest misconception that I believe people have in general is that offensive uh, and, and defensive linemen are not really good athletes in the NFL. Uh, the size and speed, speed combo was the most impressive thing that I saw when I trained for the NFL combine. I mean, you know, like guys who are, you know, like relatively ripped and not very big, like your average guy who's six foot, 195 or 200 pounds, and is a wide receiver or a DB, you know those guys are going to be in really good shape, right? It's not a surprise that they're super fast. The guys that blew me away were, you know, your six foot five, 285, 315 pound guys. How fast they were to me just blew my mind, uh, especially how fast they were in like their start, their first 10, 15 yards. I mean, they are like bears. <laughs> I mean, I'm not kidding. Super huge dudes who can move that fast will blow your mind. And I think you get underrated how fast they are because when you watch them in an NFL game, hey, that offensive or defensive lineman, the ball got fumbled and they pick it up. They look slow because they're moving slower than a defensive back or a running back or a linebacker is moving. But compared to you or me, they are moving like polar bear speed. Like they would catch you from behind if you picked it up. Everybody thinks, oh, I wouldn't be as slow as the fat guy who picks up the fumble and tries to run it back for a touchdown. Oh, you would be infinitely slower. Like if you tried to pick up a fumble in an NFL game and run with it, you would look like you were running in molasses you would look so insanely slow in real life. You think you wouldn't, but you would, uh, which is why we need to do this 40 combine challenge. Dub, uh, who's up next? By the way, Zion's vertical. Didn't didn't participate in the combine, but he had a 45-inch vertical at Duke, for I mean, what it's worth. that's freakish. It for is. a six-foot-six guy. So if I were guessing what Zion Williamson would run in the 40, what does he weigh, like 285 pounds? Yeah, something right so around there. Yeah. yeah. Bolter to 300. Yeah. Zion weighed more. Somebody tweeted this out. I don't remember who it was. I think it might have been Gottlieb. Uh, Zion weighed 15 pounds more than Tyson Fury. So if you saw Tyson Fury fight against Wilder, 
He's, you know, what is he, like 6'9", or whatever the heck he is. I mean, Tyson Fury is huge. Zion Williamson weighed, and you thought, man, this guy doesn't look like he's in great shape. Zion Williamson weighs 15 pounds more than him. That puts that in perspective. So I would think Zion would run in a 40-yard dash, probably like a 4-6, honestly. I mean, 4-5 speed is rare, so I'm not going to say that he would break a uh, a 4-5 at his speed, although that 45-inch vertical makes me think that he might because that's like evidence that he would come out like he shot out of the cannon. That's the spring. You know, when you're going from no nothing to starting, you need to be able to have an incredible spring in your step. Uh, the way I always heard it described was you need to be like shooting out of a cannon. And so 40 yards, relatively short distance. So you don't have the ability, if you're a long strider, to make up uh, like you would in a 100-meter uh, you know, run. Uh, Usain Bolt, for instance, big long strider. If you watch him, his starts are not fantastic. It's where uh, later in the race where he starts to dust people. So, but out of a cannon, Zion Williamson at a 45-inch vertical, I think he'd be a four-five-five, four-six guy would be my prediction. Which at 285 pounds is just is crazy. I mean, it's just absolutely insane. Uh, who's the next caller, Dub? Uh, we got Justin in Michigan. Justin, what you got for me? Hey, Clay, I just wanted to tell you how correct you are when you refer to the 5040 yeah. and how nobody can dunk if they're running that. I just want to tell you a quick little story about it because when I was in high school, I was a football player. I wasn't the best player on the team, but I was an okay player. I tried four times my senior year to run faster than a 5-0 flat, and I yep. could not do it. I ran a 5 flat. Every time, yeah, and I couldn't dunk, but I could, I could barely grab the rim if I jumped off my left foot with my right hand. Yeah, but I just couldn't do it. So I don't know. I couldn't believe you said that. Yeah, uh, thanks, thanks, call. It, it is the most misguided uh, lack of understanding that people have about their own athleticism that they think they can break a five zero. They think the, the misconception is a five zero forty is fast. Like if you can run a five zero forty, you're pretty fast. You're, you know. Top 10% probably fastest humans if you can run a 5040. If you can break a 5040, again, I don't know what percentage people, it's a good question. I'd love to see a test of average men. What percentage of men can dunk a basketball? My guess, what do you guys think? Let me, let me bring in the group. My, my guess would be one in 200 dudes can dunk a basketball. Is that a fair approximation, you guys think? One in 200? Maybe one in a hundred. I would say ninety-nine percent of men can't dunk a basketball, and I don't think that's an exaggeration to say that ninety-nine out of a hundred guys. And if you're saying, "Well, we had," you know, the people who can dunk a basketball are much more likely to be athletic and be playing basketball. So the number of guys who are super athletic and don't ever play basketball is is low. In other words, if you're judging it based on who plays basketball. That's an artificial reflection of larger humanity because the number of dudes who never play basketball and could just walk out to a basketball court and jump up and dunk the basketball is low. Most people tend to do things that they're good at. If you're really able to jump well, you probably have played basketball at some point in your life. What do you guys think? Danny J, what do you think uh, the percentage of men who can dunk a basketball is? Does it have to be in a certain age group or just in general? I mean, you're adults. Overall. I mean, I'm not talking about 70-year-old dudes. I'm talking (laughs) about like in their prime, you know, 25-year-old dudes. uh, What percentage? Let's just say everybody at some point is going to be 25. 
at their absolute athletic prime, 25, 27, whatever your best moment was as an athlete. A lot of you, it's probably the last year you played you know, organized sports yeah. in high school in terms of your best physical condition. What percentage of people you think can do it? I think one in a hundred sounds about right because I think about playing uh, pickup basketball at my gym sometimes, and there'll be one guy out of everyone there at the gym who's dunking. Yeah, but again, that's an artificial collection because that's people who are athletic already. True. So I, I and I think so. A you one think in one in a hundred? That that's, that's high. Probably then. it's probably generous to say one in a because 100. yeah, because they're athletes there. So one in one fifty. Then I'll say I, I don't know. I would love to know the actual numbers on this. And again, height factors in too, uh, because some guys. I mean, if you're five seven, unless you're Spud Webb, odds are you don't have a forty inch vertical. You're probably not dunking. I think the average vertical for men, if I'm not mistaken, is somewhere around twenty two inches. So just to kind of put it in perspective, somebody can look that up and tell me whether or not uh, that's accurate. But, you know, somewhere around two feet is about the average vertical for your average dude. And that might even be a little bit high. Uh, What about you, Dub? What percentage of men do you think can dunk? I think 1% is a fair number because, like you said, if if everyone's, you know, 22 years old and their best, you know, peak athletic, I think it's about 1% to 1.5%. If you start getting into people that are – you know, getting up there in their 40s and 50s, obviously, that's no, no, not going to be the case. No, I'm talking about peak athletes. And I'm saying also, really legitimately dunk. Because there's some guys out there who, if you gave them 30 tries to dunk a basketball, they could do it one or two times. I'm talking about, like, if you were in a game, you could dunk a basketball if you had a breakaway. And, you know, like half the time, guys who say they can dunk, if they go up to dunk, they pin themselves on the rim. Right? I'm talking about legitimately dunk a basketball I think it's about one in a hundred what do you think Eddie you think one in a hundred is accurate I don't know I think it's probably lower than that lower than one in a hundred yeah yeah I think it I think I haven't known many people in my life who could really dunk a basketball yeah I mean I, I think just me can you what do you think what <laughs> no. do you think uh Roberto what do you think the under 100 are? yeah like Eddie I agree with Eddie so everybody knows the reason why I'm using that as an example when it comes to your speed is everybody knows whether they can dunk a basketball or not Unless you can dunk a basketball, your odds of breaking a 5.040 on a laser timer are low. And again, a lot of you out there, your high school coach lied to you. One of the ways that you can easily lie is when you hold a stopwatch with a hand timer, you both start late and finish, uh, finish early very often, right? So your start time, you can adjust it just by standing there and clicking the timer, by 0.2 or 0.3. This is one of the great tricks of strength and conditioning coaches. If you talk to coaches uh, who are not strength and conditioning coaches, they will slow time you when you get to college. If you are a scholarship athlete, they will slow time you when you get to college when you're 18 so that when you're about to leave, they will fast time you so that they can tell the head coach, look how good I did training this guy. When he got here, he was a 4-8 guy and now he's leaving, and he's a 4-5 or five guy. They will slow time you when you arrive. They will fast time you when you leave. There is an art and a science to it. You can easily manipulate those times, which is why I always say you need to do it on a laser. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. The Tom Brady drama got ratcheted up again yesterday 
Uh, there are reports. Uh, Eddie Garcia, tell me again, who were the reports that Tom Brady's representatives met with at the Combine? Did Eddie d- dive out on the show? Has he already gone home for the weekend? The uh, I-, I believe the reports were Raiders, Chargers, Giants, and Colts. Colts. Is that right? Yes. Uh, and I believe also the Titans are in the mix out there uh, potentially to uh, to be the team that he goes to. Uh, also, and I'm looking at the odds right now, and I want to give them to you live as I speak to you. Fox Bet has now the New England Patriots were a prohibitive favorite for a long time. They have moved close to even money now. In other words, in the gambling markets, roughly a 50-50 likelihood that Tom Brady is going to be a New England Patriot. So for everybody out there who is saying, oh, there's no way Tom Brady is going to leave the New England Patriots, you can bet on this uh, at many different sports gambling uh, locations. I think you know every state is making decisions about sports gambling, but FoxBet, for instance, is in New Jersey and Pennsylvania. So if you're listening to me right now in the states of New Jersey or Pennsylvania, you can go online and bet on this yourself. There is a marketplace, and the Patriots are favored. All right, the Patriots are favored, but the amount the Patriots are favored by has declined precipitously. The next most likely team to get Tom Brady is the Raiders. Okay, I don't believe there's any way at all Tom Brady is going to go to the New uh, to to the Las Vegas Raiders, and it's still crazy to say Las Vegas Raiders. I don't believe Brady's going to go to the Raiders because I don't think he wants to be in the same division as Patrick Mahomes. And if you're in the same division as Patrick Mahomes, if you don't win your division, then you are going to end up in a really tough spot because you have to go on the road for three straight weeks, probably, in order to get to the Super Bowl. And I think the only reason Brady leaves is because he's going to go to a place that he believes he can win a Super Bowl. Next team up, and I've been telling you this team, and the number has dropped in a big way, the Titans. The Titans were 16 to 1 earlier this week. They're now 4 to 1. The next most likely team for Tom Brady to go to, according to Fox Bet, the Tennessee Titans, 4 to 1. Then comes the Indianapolis Colts, uh, and we're going to break down all these destinations. This is, again, the live odds market on where Tom Brady should go or is going to go. The Indianapolis Colts are at 6 to 1. The LA Chargers, 7 to 1. And then the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are at 10 to 1. Nobody else under 20 to 1. Uh, the Dolphins are at 20 to 1. Chicago Bears, 30 to 1. Detroit Lions, 33 to 1. Giants, 35 to 1. Carolina Panthers, 40 to 1. Dallas Cowboys, 45 to 1. Okay. Uh, so that is the latest odds market. From Fox Bet, I am reading these to you at 6.50 a.m. Eastern based on the absolute latest data that is out there as to where Brady is going to go. So the favorites, again, the Raiders right now are the favorite, according to oddsmakers. The Tennessee Titans next, the Indianapolis Colts, and the L.A. Chargers followed by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So I would say there are five teams effectively that oddsmakers believe are in the running in a legitimate way. The Raiders, the Titans, the Colts, the Chargers, and the Bucks. I'm going to be straightforward with you. I think you eliminate the Raiders and the Chargers off the face just based on 
the fact that it's the AFC West. I don't believe that Tom Brady, who wants to win, so you a think Super Tom Bowl, Brady's scared of Patrick Mahomes? I don't think he's scared of him. I think he just knows that the Raiders and the Chargers are not as good as the Kansas City Chiefs. And if you look at Tom Brady's reign of dominance, it's been greatly helped by the fact that he's in the AFC East. And Brady's smart enough to know that if you want to go to the Super Bowl, the best way to go to the Super Bowl is to win your division. So I think he's going to be cool and calm and calculated and look at every single team and say, what are the chances they win their division? And that's why I think the Titans, if you consider everything, make the most sense for him. And I've been saying this for a while. And look, you got Derrick Henry, who you could easily franchise tag if you decide to go get uh, Tom Brady and replace Ryan Tannehill. You've got A.J. Brown, who's one of the best young wide receivers in the NFL, who's likely to take a big leap as he moves into year two of his NFL career, but was pretty outstanding in year one. You've got Corey Davis, who, with the right quarterback, could be a pretty solid number two, I believe. You've got a tight end in Jonu Smith, who can be a superstar, again, with the right quarterback. I believe that. Very solid offensive line, and like I said, the best running back, arguably, in the NFL, or one of the five best running backs in the NFL on the offense. And you're in the AFC South, which is a wide-open division, where the Titans are already favored right now at Fox Bet to win that division. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. we got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock, and there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes, cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with, hilarious emojis for taunting friends when 
you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a robot pachinko machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of general tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended installation near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerack.com sports to see their general tires test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerack.com sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be NFL draft season officially underway. The NFL combine drills being run last night, being run all through the weekend. Henry Ruggs III gives it a shot, runs a 4-2-7, not quite the 4-2-2 all-time record. And so as a result, he still has impressed a lot of people with his speed. A lot of stories coming out of the first day of the combine. A lot of stories will be coming out all week uh, long and all weekend long as we get everybody's full numbers to be able to get them ready for the NFL draft in a couple of months out in Las Vegas, by the way. But, man, the Tom Brady drama continues to build. Yesterday, reports are that he is planning on leaving New England, uh, and as a result, There has been a mad scramble in uh, the uh, odds market and odds universe as everybody adjusts on the fly to where Tom Brady might be going. Now, I have said this from the get-go. I still believe the most likely thing for Tom Brady is that he stays in New England. I think that Bob Kraft gets involved and they do whatever it takes to ultimately persuade Tom Brady to stay in New England. But... I also believe that there's a part of Bill Belichick that wants to let go of Tom Brady, go back into the rebuild mode, and bring the, 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 uh, the, the Patriots back and win a championship without Tom Brady. And so I think Belichick might be ready to turn the page on Brady. Remember that of all the guys out there, the least sentimental when it comes to letting a player go is the cold-hearted analysis of Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. 
They would rather cut you when you got one good year left than keep you after you've got your prime passed, right? Like this is a team that does not keep players around when it doesn't believe that they are still at the apex of their ability. And so I think ultimately what might happen that allows Brady to leave the Patriots, if he does leave the Patriots, is Brady saying, I want two years guaranteed, and the Patriots saying, we will only give you one year guaranteed. That, to me, is a face-saving maneuver that would allow both player and team to divorce without it seeming particularly to be a you know sort of acrimonious breakup. It's like dad and mom are still friends, but we just couldn't make it work. Sorry, kids. That's what I think they could say to the Patriot fan base. If Brady says, I want two years guaranteed, the Patriots say, we'll only give you one year guaranteed, then Tom Brady can go out into the marketplace and find someone who will give him that two-year guarantee. Uh, And I think there are several teams that would be willing to give him that two-year guarantee. So where is that? Let's talk about it. Fox Bet says the Raiders are favored. I'm not buying it. I don't buy that Tom Brady is going to go to the Raiders or to the Chargers if he has better options. That's a key part here. If he has better options. The best option that I think Tom Brady is going to have out there is the Tennessee Titans. He likes Mike Vrabel. John Robinson's a former Patriot executive. Both of them have good relationships, it appears, with Tom Brady. He's got a great running back in Derrick Henry, a top 10 young wide receiver in A.J. Brown, who over the next couple of years will become, I believe, an elite-level receiver in the NFL. Solid tight end in Jonu Smith, who can become, a, I believe, a Pro Bowl caliber tight end. Really good offensive line, top 10 protecting quarterback offensive line. And the decision the Titans have to make is, do we go Brady or Tannehill? Now that's the complicating factor for the Titans. What does Ryan Tannehill want to make? How much of his performance last year was... Nick Foles-like flash in the pan that you're not going to be able to replicate and how much of it was studly, this dude finally found it and can make it happen for the next five or six years performance. I don't think this is an easy decision for the Titans, by the way, because I think this probably comes down to dollars and cents. How much does Ryan Tannehill want How do they make decisions with Tannehill and with Derrick Henry? But I've told you guys, you don't fire your agent if you expect for somebody to give you a really good offer, right? And this is just in general. It doesn't matter what what you do for a living. If you've got an agent, you don't fire him if you're expecting your current employer to come to you and give you a great deal. Ryan Tannehill just fired his agency and moved to a new location. And I believe the reason why he did that is because there's going to be a big decision for him to make going forward. Look, the Titans could franchise Ryan Tannehill and then trade him and get something for him while signing Tom Brady. Heck, the Titans could franchise Ryan Tannehill right now as the franchise window is about to open. Figure they might be able to get, what, a third-round pick for Ryan Tannehill? and move him on to another team, freeing up them to bring in Tom Brady and and be able 
to then go out and get another asset for him on the offense, or maybe they think that they need offensive, I mean, maybe they think they need defensive support. That's an angle to go. And I'm not even sure if you have to decide between Ryan Tannehill and Tom Brady, the Titans are in a decent position. I'm not sure you you go Brady. I think there's an argument to be had that Ryan Tannehill at 31 years old is the better play based on what he's already done in your offense. But I think Vrabel and John Robinson believe that Tannehill's success is reflective of the offense that they have built around him and that Brady would take them to the proverbial next level, get them to the Super Bowl, and win a title. Here's the question that you have to ask, I think, if you're Mike Vrabel and you're John Robinson and you're sitting around. You say, okay, we went to the AFC Championship game and we beat the Patriots on the road and we beat the Ravens on the road and then we lost to Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Who's going to give us a better chance to get home playoff game, first of all, win your division, but then also who gives us a better chance to beat Patrick Mahomes? Ryan Tannehill or Tom Brady in the next couple of years? Because I think you have to believe that Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs, not just because they're right now the Super Bowl champs, but they are the standard in the AFC. They're the team you have to look at. He's the quarterback you have to look at and say, we got to beat that dude. Who gives you the best chance to do that? Brady saw the Titans up close in person. They went on the road and won in Foxborough. They went on the road and won in Baltimore. But who could give them the ammunition on the offensive side of the ball to be able to beat the Kansas City Chiefs in the next couple of years? I think Vrabel and John Robinson and Arthur Smith are likely to believe the answer is Tom Brady. Can you imagine Tom Brady being able to hand off to Derrick Henry? That seems like a pretty damn good tandem. Be the best running back Tom Brady has ever had in his career. You can make an argument that this would be somewhat akin to Peyton Manning when he went to Denver. A lot of offensive weapons around him. As he's aging out of the quarterback position, he now becomes a solid, really good, top 10 caliber quarterback, but he doesn't have to win games anymore. You just need Brady to move the sticks on third and three like he's done for ages for New England. I think that's a strong argument for the Titans. I don't buy into, if the Titans want him, Tom Brady deciding to go to the AFC West. I don't think it makes sense to go into Patrick Mahomes' division because the odds are the Chiefs are going to be better than the Raiders or the uh, or the Chargers, even if you have Tom Brady on those teams. You have to get past Patrick Mahomes. If you can't get past Patrick Mahomes, you're going to have to go win three playoff games. you got to win your division first. I think a cool, calculated analysis by Tom Brady is it's hard to win that division. I think the same thing is true with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I like the Buccaneers' weapons. I don't think the Bucs believe in Jameis Winston. But I think if you look at Chris Godwin, you look at Mike Evans, you look at Brashad Perryman, you look at O.J. Howard, I like all those weapons for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Problem is, the Saints are still the best team in the NFC South, and arguably, the Falcons are poised to cycle back up as well. So if the Falcons are poised to cycle back up, If you've got the Saints, who are still the best team, clearly, 
in the NFC South, why would you go to Tampa Bay, a team that hasn't made the playoffs in 12 years, even if you like Bruce Arians and even if you like those offensive weapons? No, the answer is either the Titans or the Colts. I haven't mentioned the Colts, but I think if Tom Brady goes to either of those teams, they are the favorite to win the AFC South. Heck, right now, the Titans are the favorite to win the AFC South in betting markets with Ryan Tannehill as their quarterback. I like Frank Reich. I like that Colts offensive line. Not sold on the Colts offensive weapons outside of the uh, outside of the offensive line. I know running back, they had some big-time playmakers for injuries. I know they had some decent yardage. I know they protected decently for Jacoby Brissett. That's what they built the line up around uh, before he decided to retire, Andrew Luck, because they wanted to limit how many hits he was going to take. But I like the Titans situation based on the relationship with Vrabel and John Robinson and the fact that you're talking about a team that went to the AFC title game already. I like the Titans situation better than I like the Colts situation. But if the Titans said no, hey, we're going to stick with Ryan Tannehill, then I can see the Colts as the second best option. I do. So if you want me to rank right now, Tom Brady, if he leaves the Patriots, where he should go, number one, Titans, number two, Colts, number three, I'd probably go Tampa Bay Buccaneers, number four, I'd probably go Chargers, just because I think the LA marketplace is better for Brady from a branding perspective, and number five, I would go Raiders, but I really don't see the point of Brady going to the AFC West. All right, that's my breakdown. What would you guys say about my breakdown? I'll start with you, Danny G. Well, my long shot a couple mornings ago was Brady trading places with Dak. Based off of your Fox bet odds and what I can picture Brady doing, and I, I, I just, and you mentioned brand right let now. Me, let me, sorry, cut you off. Yeah. The Cowboys are 45 to 1. I know, that's so crazy So the odds, odds makers are saying, look, I understand, if, Jer- if I were Jerry Jones, I would be willing to let Dak go. I've said this for months. I think I was the first person in media to start saying it, honestly. I'd be willing to let Dak go rather than give him $100 million plus and over the next two years take a run with that offensive line, with Ezekiel Elliott, with Amari Cooper, who you could franchise and sign, and with the talent. Sorry, on that defense, I would be willing to let Dak Prescott go and sign Brady. Based on these odds... 45 to 1, I don't buy it. And by the way, there's Giants talk. I also don't believe there's any chance that Tom Brady is going to go to the New York Giants. I don't think they're close to winning a Super Bowl. And I think the number one goal of Tom Brady, if he leaves the Patriots, all that matters is what's the likelihood that I win a Super Bowl. So I, I think that you can eliminate the Giants. I believe the Cowboys should be in the mix. But based on the odds being Dallas Cowboys 45 to 1, there's no way that I am going to uh, to touch that. Okay, sorry yeah. to cut you no, off, but okay. I wanted to give people the latest numbers from FoxBet. Uh, again, uh, the Raiders two and a half, two two plus two twenty five. Titans four to one. Colts six to one. Chargers seven to one. Tampa Bay Buccaneers ten to one. Yeah, and in fact, there's audio from Jerry Jones yesterday comparing Dak to his own son. Actually sounded like he likes Dak better than his son. (laughs) So uh, you have to wonder about that. But you mentioned branding and his brand, and that's what I'm thinking of. New York, Dallas Cowboys, L.A. So, yes, it is the same division as Patrick Mahomes. But for some reason, 
I could imagine the Chargers just making a huge push for him because the Raiders, they sold out of PSLs months ago. Yep. Chargers, they wish they could say that, all right? They have some real weapons on both offense and defense. They could sell Brady on the fact that they'll spend the rest of the offseason beefing up their O-line, um, you know, and then come here, live in your L.A. mansion, open up our brand-new state-of-the-art stadium. I could see that happening. I don't – but here's what I don't buy into on the branding thing. I think certain athletes are such huge superstars that it doesn't matter where they play. And I think that's particularly true in the NFL. Peyton Manning became a huge superstar playing in Indianapolis. It didn't matter that he was in Indy at all. He went to Denver, which is an awesome town, love it, but not a monster marketplace. He was already a superstar. So I understand the brand argument. I just don't buy in that anybody is going to care less about Tom Brady if he were to play in, and I'm just tossing this out, Indianapolis or Nashville or Tampa than they would if he played in L.A. or New York. People are going to care about Tom Brady on a massive level no matter where he plays. Not like there's people in L.A. listening to us right now that are like, man, I hadn't heard of this Brady guy, and then he ended up there. I think the superstar elements associated with uh, with branding matter less in the NFL than any sport because the NFL is already such a national brand. If you have a great quarterback, then people will care about them no matter what city they play in. Yeah, but it's about his swag, his lifestyle. I mean, this yeah, guy wears Uggs, man. I mean... I get it. But the way that the, his swag and lifestyle is about winning Super Bowls and being able to put another ring on the finger, that's more important I, than I could, where he plays the next I couple of years. I could see it, but part of him leaving the Patriots, possibly, is the fact that he feels like he didn't get the respect he, that yeah, he deserves. He, if he goes to the Chargers and goes 5-11... Five, five and 11, People are going to be like, "Yeah, Brady should have never I, left the Patriots." I don't think he would go five and eleven. All right, with, with seven the and nine. <laughs> I mean, the Chargers have not been historically a franchise that wins. They haven't. Well, I know he you could, could he could change that. I'm you know I'm nowhere near a Chargers fan, but I just don't buy it. I I don't buy the fact that he would avoid the AFC West just because of Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. I I'm think it's buying, I think it's a that. huge factor because you have to the number one goal. I think if you leave the Patriots is you have to go to a team that you believe can win the division. Number one goal. Because otherwise you have to go on the road and win three playoff games in order to go to the Super Bowl, and Brady's never done it. All Super Bowl paths have always run through Foxborough for Brady because they win the division every year in the AFC East. And I don't think that there's any way that the Chargers would be remotely close to the uh, Kansas City Chiefs or if he were with the Raiders. All right, so you're going... What'd you say, Chargers? Dallas was my first pick, but that's such a long shot that for the sake of this conversation, I'm going to say Chargers. Right all right, now. what about you, Dub? Well, first of all, it's I can't wrap my head around the fact that the Raiders are such a large favorite. It's in all insanely this. Plus dumb 225, to me. I don't know if there's just a lot I, of I dumb really Raider fans it. that are out there. You know, because look, I mean, the market is ultimately a function of who bets. So if there's a delusional fan base that goes in and keeps putting money on their team to sign Tom Brady the market will move. So I don't know if there's a ton of uh, of Raider fans that have made this marketplace move the way it has. I don't see it at all. I don't see it making any sense. I know John Gruden's a good coach, and I know the Raiders have Josh Jacobs, who's a fantastic running back, and they don't have any wide receivers to speak of, really, uh, that you would think. And, and if I'm Brady, I want to go somewhere with weapons. But again, the number one overriding factor to me is you're in the AFC West, 
I don't want to have to play Patrick Mahomes twice. And I don't think Brady to the Raiders or the Chargers, as I keep saying, makes them the favorite to win that division. And if you're Brady, do you but, really feel like for the first time in your career at the age of 43, you're going to go on the road and win three straight playoff games to go to the Super Bowl? I don't. You're talking about Derrick Henry earlier. He would have Josh Jacobs to hand off to Darren Waller, Renfro, and a couple of other picks coming up for the Raiders, which could give him a Jerry Judy or a C.D. Lamb. So it's not like he wouldn't have any weapons there. And they have one of the best O-lines right now. I'm, I am not of the belief that there is any way that he's going to go to the AFC West. I just I don't believe it because Patrick Mahomes is the standard right now. It doesn't make any sense to leave the AFC East where you are a huge favorite to win that division again and go all the way across the country and play in a division where you are a substantial underdog. And again, to me, the number one goal of Tom Brady if he leaves the Patriots, the burning passion of his soul is going to be proving that he can win a Super Bowl without Bill Belichick. The number one way to win a Super Bowl is to win your division. So that, to me, is the number one overriding point of analysis that Tom Brady has to be focused on. And that doesn't even consider, for instance, with the Titans, his relationship with Mike Vrabel. If you're 43 and you're going to finish your career and you love Mike Vrabel because he's an awesome dude, and you're tired of all of the Jedi mind tricks and Darth Vader-ish uh, elements of playing for Bill Belichick, playing for a dude that you love factors in in a big way in a division where the team is already favored to win even before you get there. Now, I know the Texans are going to be good, and I know the Colts are probably going to be decent. Jags are a mess. But there's no way Tom Brady's looking at the AFC South and saying, oh, I can't win this division. You also, if you're Brady and you're aging, in that division, Nashville, decent weather, right? Let's say he's tired of playing in the cold of New England. Decent weather in Nashville. You're playing in a dome in Indianapolis in your division when you go on the road. You're playing in a dome in Texas when you go on the road against the Texans. And you're playing in sunny California, I mean, sunny weather with Jacksonville down there. Like, I think that factors in. Remember when Peyton Manning went to Denver, they sold him partly on the weather. You know, you're going to get to go on the road and play in California a couple of times. You're going to go to Kansas City. That'll be a tough place. But, you know, the idea that it's super cold in Denver, I remember that being part of their pitch. Actually, there's a ton of sunny days, Peyton. The weather tends to be pretty good. I think that factored in for him as he was aging, just FYI. So, Dub, I might have cut you off. Where do you think he's going to go? Well, to me, the Titans makes a lot of sense, and you've laid out, you know, all the reasons why. You know, you got one of the best running backs in the league, and Derrick Henry, Mike Vrabel, a coach you have a strong relationship with, a solid D. AJ Brown coming up, a great young tight end. You did, however, uh, forget to mention maybe the most important piece of this Tennessee Titans puzzle. He'll have a, a white uh, slot receiver to throw to, and Adam Humphreys. So I know that's kind of his uh, patented go-to move, right? That's there. right, Adam Humphreys. You would want to buy stock in Adam Humphreys if Tom Brady came to the Titans. Did you say white. Yeah, yeah white he's a, you know, the white slot receiver. That's Patton's go, That's Brady's go-to right there. You know, Adam Humphreys, with years with Adam Humphreys fantasy football stock. Well, we're talking be, white slot receivers. Hunter Renfro's way better than that guy. No, I don't think so. Oh, 75 catches, on. 800 yards last year in Tampa. I mean, it's, imagine what he'd do with Brady. Renfro was a rookie last year. Uh, I am telling you. So uh, if it comes down to the white, white, white slot receiver again, 
that's a stock you're going to want to buy on <laughs> fantasy football drafts. The, the stock for Adam Humphreys would go from like borderline guy in 12-team leagues to somebody's going to take him in the third or fourth round uh, if, if you're doing your fantasy football draft. So you're Wide going tight. I think I'll have to go Titans, and I think the biggest aspect of this is what you just mentioned is the division because Brady knows damn well a big, huge reason why he's had so much success is because he's gotten to play six games against you know the Bills, Jets, and, and those teams in the AFC East. Yeah, Brady's going to look at the, at the Jacksonville Jaguars and say, we're going to beat them. He's going to look at the Texans and uh, the Colts, and he's going to say, we can go three and one against that group. That's five and one, and we'll win the division. And so I, that's, that, that, I think he's going to be like Peyton Manning looking at it from a very businessman perspective as opposed to letting emotion get involved ultimately. We'll see, though. Uh, what about you, Eddie? Which direction do you think this is going? Well, I still think Tom Brady is going to end up back in New England. Okay, but and that's the favorite. And that's what we're like. But arguing whether he's going to stay in New England is kind of a boring conversation right. at this point. If, if we're going to pick what is the best destination for him other than New England, I would have to agree that of the teams that have been listed, it's the Tennessee Titans uh, who appear to have uh, a team that's on the rise. Uh, the AFC South, it's competitive, but it's certainly not, as you mentioned, the, the AFC West, West Kansas City there. Um, and there's a relationship with Vrabel, as you mentioned, although I'm, I don't know, being a defensive coach, exactly what that relationship is. He knows him, but, you know. Well, you know. well remember how many touchdown catches Vrabel had? A few, yeah, a few. I mean, he so the point is that he was involved a decent amount in the offense. And all intents and purposes, you know, the, the Titans and the Patriots have played against each other multiple years uh, since the Titans, since Vrabel has been there. And there's been a lot of interaction between Brady and uh, and Vrabel. So, I mean, they t- they seem to be. I mean, Vrabel said, I think, at the Combine that, that Brady is a really good friend. Like, uh, Brady brought a trophy to congratulate last year Mike Vrabel on winning the regular season game against the Patriots and presented to it presented it to him at the at, before this uh, the the game was played the the practices were played last August in Nashville so I, I think these guys genuinely like each other a lot so uh, so I am curious uh, to see again I think the tough thing for the Titans is do they make the decision to go Brady if they didn't have a quarterback I think this would be a no brainer. Yeah, you there? Yeah, I'm just curious how long <laughs> it'll actually be quiet until somebody will speak. Did we lose Eddie? No. Were you asking me a question? No, I thought you were going to step right back in. I thought I'd cut you <laughs> What's off. What's going on? No, no. So you're finished? You'd like to re- you'd like to re- reserve the remainder of your time? Yeah, I, I will give the rest of my time to Roberto. Okay. I actually kind of enjoyed the long silence there. I just what's the longest that we've ever gone without speaking? I was, was just go- going to see very who, would, like, who would step in. I don't know. Usually, I'll just fill the silence. But I was like, you know what? I'm just going to see well, how long I, it'll I, be. I jumped in because I didn't want to hit the the dump button there. I was almost had to hit the dump button there. It was too much of a long pause there. No, it's good. People out there were like adjusting their radio dials. They're like, what in the world <laughs> happened? Did I just uh, go into a tunnel? Uh, I, 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 we need to have a stopwatch somewhere so we can see how long in silence we yeah, can go. That's nothing for for Gottlieb. Yeah, does he usually pause that long? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, it's a pregnant pause. Uh, all right, what about you, Roberto? Well, I, I think he's going to stay in New England, but if the, the white uh, slot receiver really matters to Tom Brady, he's going to sign with the Raiders and Hunter Renfro. This love affair with Hunter Renfro is uh, is off the charts. All right. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. 
Hey, it's Jonas Knox. And you know O'Reilly Auto Parts. You know, o o o o who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you'll find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts are knowledgeable, helpful, and best of all, friendly. And by the way, I was just at O'Reilly not that long ago, within the last month, and guess what? Needed some help with the alternator, had some questions with the batteries, they helped me right away, and did it right there in the parking lot. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. we got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachinko Machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events... You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Firestone tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended installer near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerackcom sports to see their firestone test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerackcom sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be John Morosi slides in. Uh, John, everybody has an opinion 
on what Tom Brady should do. And even though we're about to talk baseball, what do you think Brady should do? I would suggest, Clay, signing with the Chargers. And the reason why I suggest the Chargers uh, is in part this. The Chargers will play the Patriots in 2020. And to me, signing with a team that's going to play against New England is of paramount importance. Where is the fun in proving that that you can win without Belichick and in a new place if you can't at some point in time in the year directly play against the Patriots? And that's where... First of all, what a, what a spectacle that would be uh, whenever that falls on the schedule. It'd be like its own Super Bowl yes. uh, if they play each other, Brady versus Belichick. They'd be selling T-shirts. So I, I think that uh, the Chargers seem to make sense. that They may have that need for, uh, obviously, a veteran short-term deal. You never know. And uh, I think the Chargers could be a nice fit for, for in part, uh, that reason. We're talking to John Morosi. All right, let's pivot to baseball. The Houston Astros are getting beamed in spring training, which I don't usually see uh, stories about guys getting hit by pitches in spring training. So I'm assuming that other than, you know, having a pitcher on the mound who doesn't have a great command of his stuff, that that's kind of almost unheard of given the, 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 the way in which the game is played uh, down in, uh, in Florida and out in Arizona. Am I correct that it's relatively rare that guys are getting hit by pitches on a regular basis, or is this being overplayed because it's the Astros? I think it's being overplayed because it's the Astros. I I, I really don't believe that there have been many purpose pitches here. Uh, In fact, uh, I saw a report in USA Today uh, saying that the the majority of the hit-by-pitches so far against the Astros have been by minor league pitchers. And I really believe that in in that case it's it's pitchers who are – New to the to the major league spring training scene, they're trying to make a big impression, and they're throwing the ball as hard as they can, and often they lose track of it. Uh, that is a time honored tradition of spring training: is that uh, the, the kids that come up from Class A, Double A, are are really trying to impress everybody who's watching, including the other team and all the fans, and, and certainly, most importantly for them, the the brain trust of the organization. And it is it is an environment for overthrowing. I, I realize it's it's coincidental that the Astros have led the the Grapefruit League and hit by pitches so far, but I think you have to look at who has been throwing those pitches, under what circumstances, and when, and if they really truly appear to be intentional. And and to me, it seems that in, in multiple cases, at least, uh, that it was not intentional at all. We're talking to John Morosi. Follow him on Twitter at J-O-N-M-O-R-O-S-I. Is this going to become an issue when the season starts? Uh, do you think the Astros are going to get thrown at? They may a little bit, but I, I really don't think, Clay, that it's going to become a, a determining factor for this, this season or, or in any way a, a in any way that the determining off-field story involving the Astros. I think that there are, there are other issues that are, that will surpass this one in terms of its importance. Uh, I thought it was interesting the report from John Heyman the other day just about what he observed in spring training still this far into camp in terms of body language, in terms of the way that the players are going about their routine and saying that they don't really seem happy. And baseball clay is a difficult sport to play unless you've got a positive frame of mind because you are at the ballpark all those hours every single day 
And if you don't like your teammates especially, or if you've got some issues in terms of your enjoyment of what you're doing, it's a really hard thing for you to, to have success as a team. And um, John made his point that he thinks it's going to be a long year for them. I, I tend to agree. They may still find a way to get to the playoffs, but it, the, the mental exhaustion will be high. And uh, we have seen it in multiple situations during the course of spring training. This team is getting booed, and they are they are really not welcome anywhere. And and whenever they are are going on the road, they're going to go on road trips in August and September that are the first road trip they take to a particular city, and they'll hear it all over again. It's it's just simply it's not going to go away. And I, I think that while the hit by pitch may happen, I I believe that's obviously a one time pain you hope and you hope it's moderate for for one player as opposed to just the psychological barrier of having to deal with that that level of booing certainly on the road and who knows maybe even at home from from certain certain people so it's it's a it's just a really conflicted time clay and and i just, i don't think it's going to get better quickly for the houston astros uh last question for you how long does this linger for Rob Manfred as the Major League Baseball commissioner? Is this a story that is still relevant in May and June? It's obviously going to be relevant in April, or is it one that, that vanishes? I think it will still linger to at least a, a part of the, the, the season, maybe midway through, maybe through the end. It's, the, the issue is that, that we are, first and foremost, always – uh, we're always on the brink of, of a new revelation, potentially, whether it has to do with uh, other things that transpired in 2019, potentially, which, of course, uh, we do not have information from the commissioner's office now saying that they would have cheated dur- during last year. But is there, is there more news that comes out over, over the last several years? Uh, those, those are are questions that I think we're, we're going to deal with from a, from a media standpoint, where the reporting is going to continue. But I, I really think, Clay, that, that they are going to hear a lot of antipathy everywhere they go. And it, almost the worse they play, the, 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 the louder it will get. And, and the more the fans will believe that they are, that they are winning here, so to speak. Uh, I'll put that in air quotes. Uh, so I, I, I really think it's, it's going to linger for a while. We, of course, don't know the result yet of the investigation in the Boston Red Sox. We thought that we, we would know by now. I don't even know. Clay, how to interpret the delay in that uh, uh, adjudication of the, that penalty relative to what we thought was going to be when, when spring training began. So uh, it's, this is a, a dilemma, a quandary for the game, my friend, that I think is going to continue uh, well into the 2020 season. No doubt at all. Appreciate the time, my man. Enjoy the weekend, and thanks for hopping on with us. My pleasure. I think there was some conversation about a vertical jump. I, I can tell you mine wasn't very good. <laughs> Join the club. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Let's take some of your calls on Brady. Dub, pop them up. Adam in Nashville. Adam, what you got for me? Hey, hey Clay, thanks for taking my call. Uh, best show on radio. Uh, you've already touched on most of my points I was going to make, but if you look at this from a sheer football and business aspect and Brady's desire to win Tennessee, other than new England, absolutely makes the most sense. You got a winnable division coaches familiar with and that he likes. You got a top three running back 
good offensive line, offensive weapons, and you touched on it also. He's going to play in several domes, and he's got decent weather as a whole in that division. So it's a no-brainer. Question for you, though. Do you like Brady more than Tannehill? Uh, That is a good question. Something I hadn't thought of. Uh, I think you have to take a chance on him in that division. I do. Yeah. I don't think Tannehill's proven enough. Thanks for the call. I think that's the challenge for the Titans. And they have to have already made their decision. And if you remember, we played the John Robinson audio from the GM, and it didn't sound like he was expecting to re-sign Ryan Tannehill. Now, the challenge is the Titans could get played here, which is why I think what they should do is franchise tag Ryan Tannehill, be prepared to trade him in the event Brady wants to come play for you, and that way you don't get left with no options. Right, it's like if you're going to go to prom, you don't want to expect to go with a girl, and then she goes with somebody else, and the girl that you know you would have liked and would have been a pretty good choice has, in the meantime, already signed with somebody else. I think the play here is franchise tag Ryan Tannehill, continue to negotiate with Derrick Henry, then you can trade Tannehill to get some value for him. And in the process, you also have protected yourself in the event that Brady is playing everybody and he goes back to New England. Who's up next? Hey, uh, thanks for the call, uh, Clay. I think I'm my call. Hey, let me tell you why I think it makes more sense to go to the Raiders. These guys are all alphas, uh, including Tom Brady. He's probably maybe the number one guy. But I think he wants to go play uh, for the Raiders. We know about the Raiders' offensive line and Josh Jacobs and Waller, who is the next best tight end to play in the game. And then the defensive backfield for the Raiders, 60% of those guys were out, whether suspension or, or hurt last year. But, but uh, Brady knows more than anybody. To repeat a Super Bowl is hard to do, let alone win another one or win back to back. So what better way to go out than to, to beat KC or represent the, 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 the West of uh, that conference in a Super Bowl you win, two, you win a Super Bowl or have a good chance to get there at least and then go out to sunset the end. Thanks for the call. I don't buy that he wants to play against Patrick Mahomes twice a year at an inferior team with the Raiders. Who's up next? Last one here, Adam in North Carolina. Hey, Clay. Thanks for taking my call. Um, the analogy that I want to make uh, with Brady to the Titans is for Titans management is similar to what Toronto did with Kawhi. You know, you gave up DeMar DeRozan, essentially what you have with Brian Tannehill there, and then, um, and then you know, you take a risk to win a title. Yeah. And that's what they'd have to do with Brady. You, you, take a, you take a risk to win that title. You go all in for it. And, uh, you know, you also got similarities with Pop and Belichick. You know, they didn't have great relationships with the coaches. And, uh, yeah, that's just an analogy that I think you could draw from here with Brady to the Titans. That's a good one. I like that. I mean, look, the Toronto Raptors and Masai Ujiri, their GM, basically rolled the dice and said, we're going to try to win right now with Kawhi. And they gave up DeMar DeRozan to get him, and they won a championship, and it looked like a brilliant move. If the Titans give up on Ryan Tannehill, that's kind of the DeMar DeRozan equivalent, and you're bringing in a guy like Brady. Now, the difference is Kawhi was still at the peak of his abilities. Brady might not be, but it's all about trying to win a championship now. I like that analogy. More discussion on Brady next on OutKick. This is OutKick, the coverage with Clay Travis.
Hey, it's Jonas Knox. And you know O'Reilly Auto Parts. You know, O, 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 O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield? wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. We got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachinko Machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my! Look at that! He is! And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win! Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Redestein tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended and installer near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerackcom sports to see their redestine test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerackcom sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be 
I'm going to be honest with you guys. I'm embarrassingly in love with the NFL Combine every year. I sit and I watch the drills. I enjoy all the throwing from the quarterbacks. I like to watch the 40. I like to watch the catching drills. This is something that I think should have been in prime time for a long time. The NFL has got a great asset here. I've been up to Indianapolis for the Combine before, and I always found it a little bit wild how you have to sit in like this random room and you're not allowed to go watch it yourself. You have to watch it on television. The fact that they put it on television initially, people said, was crazy. Now they've got it in prime time. People love football, and this represents the nexus, the linking point between college football and the NFL. The guys, if you're a big college football fan like I am, that you've been watching for years now get the opportunity to take the next step and become NFL stars. And if you're an NFL fan, this is where you feel like if you look long enough uh, at the draft process, you can see whether your team's uh, future is paved with championship glory or faded and uh, an and unfortunate disaster based on the picks that they are making. I watched it. I'm not ashamed to admit it. I'm curious for you guys. We're going to get into Brady, which we can't talk about enough, by the way. Uh, and we're going to talk with Charles Davis, who is up in Indianapolis right now and uh, is an expert when it comes to the NFL Combine. He has been there for years and years and see what he thinks about the uh, the process in general. Uh, but that will be uh, in the next segment. In the meantime, I watched, I set down my kids. <laughs> this is kind of a sign, I think, of how much the NFL has them wrapped up. My kids were all in. I bet, so uh, if you watch Lock It In, uh, our television show that is on FS1. We're not on today, by the way. We're getting bumped a lot in March and April for the uh, for NASCAR, which uh, they have all the, the the timing track runs and everything else that go on on FS1 on Fridays during the NASCAR season. So we're off today. So I bet a bunch of these 40s. And if you know, if we win the week, so I've won three straight weeks in gambling. I believe I am now the leader for the season. I've been having a good run on gambling if you've been following our picks on that television show. If you win the week, you get to place one futures bet. And my futures bet was on Henry Ruggs' 40 time. Some people thought that he was going to make a run at setting an all-time record uh, of 4-2-2, but I didn't. I thought the number that Fox Bet put out there, 4-2-5-5, was too uh, optimistic of a number and that it was unlikely that he was going to hit that. He ends up running a 4-2-7. So I won that bet. And so I'm sitting there watching my my nine-year-old, huge Alabama fan. The minute that I made this bet, and I made it last week down in Mexico, uh, I made that bet and he was like, you're not going to win that, Dad. So we were sitting watching the 40s for time. I also bet on Jerry Judy's time. I bet on C.D. Lamb's time. C.D. Lamb went under. I think Jerry Judy's going to end up being judged a push, but I love it. I love watching the NFL Combine. I'm not going to lie, and uh, and I was incentivized because I had some bets on Lock It In based on that. I also took the under on 4275 for what the, uh, what the uh, slowest uh, times would be, all those things. Uh, but in general, uh, I want to bring in uh, the crew and see uh, see what they think. Did you guys watch? Uh, I'll, I'll go in reverse order here. Roberto, did you watch the uh, the combine activities at all? No, I didn't, I didn't watch it at you all. You had no interest in it. Do you ever watch? Uh, no. Uh, okay, I do. do you, Eddie, did you watch? No, I did not watch it. So what did you watch instead? Uh, nothing. Nothing on television. I watched a documentary on Netflix. All right, you watched a documentary on Netflix. So both of you guys suck. You didn't watch any of the combine. Uh, <laughs> I, what I about you, Doug? Did do. you watch any of this? 
I would have watched. However, I had a double header in our church league basketball. So uh, well, I, I want to hear about the church league basketball, basketball wow. game. Actually, yeah, how about that? Well, double you know, header. We, we had, and double also <laughs> our so our, the first week of the the season, the other team canceled on us, so we had a makeup week, and it just so happened to be last night, and it just so happened that like our four reserve players decided not to show up. So we had five people playing. So how many minutes back is the church back. league game? 40 minutes running clock. The clock stops in the last minute of each half. So, yep. you know, I was out there for a good hour and 20 minutes. And for me now, with my uh, physical, uh, current physical you were condition, I was struggling. I was, you know, running up and down the court, you know, basically three-point line to three-point line. I'm not the uh, most uh, aggressive defender out there, I must admit. But uh, it was a nice little workout. But, however, it kept me away from the NFL Combine, which I do normally watch and I do plan on watching uh later on all right so what how would you assess your church league basketball game <laughs> like what would you say your your strength is so you're what are you like you're pretty tall right I'm six foot two yeah yeah 26 years old I used to play in high school a little bit uh I'm, I'm more of a three-point specialist these days my uh, you, what athleticism, do you weigh though you're like 240 yeah I'm about 235 yeah so I mean you're a big so, uh, dude so running up and down the court you're putting a lot you're six two two thirty five so you're putting a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of weight on the knees. So you're but you're an outside shooter. That's right. I'm. Uh, you know, I claim to be a three point specialist. Last night was not my best night, however. But what do you uh, think it was you a nice little workout. Three? Well, the first game I only had six points. I probably shot like twenty five percent. The second game picked it up a little bit. I think I had sixteen and shot more about forty percent. So the, the I just had a little get a little warmed up in that first session. So we have tonight. Um, I, I you know I coach eight nine year old boy basketball uh, and uh, men's you know men, you can't even call it men's basketball. I don't know kids basketball. I don't know what you call it, uh, but boys. And so uh, we have the county tournament. Our team is thirteen and one, and we play in the county tournament tonight. So I'm trying to think like I want the kids to be hyped, but I don't want them to be nervous. So I this is like the biggest game that I've coached in as a uh, as a little league coach parent, and so I got to figure out what the right balance to strike here is. Right, like uh, we had a little bit of an issue uh, with <laughs> I I always like how much can you talk about this? We had an eight or not we had an eight or nine year old kid who said that I was too intense, basically, uh, in terms of, like, cheering them on. And, you know, like, the big issue when you coach, anybody who's out there who's ever coached, like, kids, is their attention span is oftentimes not ideal. And so the vast majority of the time, see, we have uh, a pick-and-roll offense that we run. It's not very complicated. I'm the John Calipari of, uh, of offensive skill set, right? Like, just find a couple of guys who have talent, allow them, our two best players. We basically run pick-and-roll action every single possession, right? We got a good ball handler. My son's a pretty good ball handler. And then we got a decent big man. And so we run literally pick-and-roll with them every single play. And so I am, I am like I'm saying, I'm John Calipari. Like, there's not a lot of variation on our offensive skill set, right? Because in general, trying to get five kids, if you've ever tried to coach kids in basketball, I think basketball coaching is tougher than baseball coaching. Because, And I'll, I'll give you my example. In Little League, if you put guys out in the outfield in Little League, you can hide them. Right, because by and large, there's only a couple of dudes who are going to hit bombs, <laughs> and then then it's actually kind of funny to watch the kids that you're trying to hide 
when you're not worried about them getting killed in the infield, you know, if they start to pick daisies or whatever they're going to do out in the outfield. So you can hide your your problem, uh, your problem kids, the ones that you know are not going to pay attention. You just put them out in the outfield, and if the ball gets hit to them, you hope they're going to throw it back in. But by and large, there's not that many kids, you know, p- powering the ball into the outfield when they're young. Basketball's different because everybody, in order to actually be effective as a basketball team. Everybody has to do their job. And I haven't coached. I've coached flag football a little bit. But that's not that complicated because uh, it, it's not. there's not as many things that can be picked apart. To me, basketball is much more challenging because the number of eight- and nine-year-old kids who can dribble without traveling, who cannot double dribble, who can you know get a rebound and go back up with a shot, like they're relatively few at the age of eight or nine. So I'm impressed. Some of these coaches like have five, you know have legitimate big time like five or six different plays that they're trying to run and everything else. I've found that that's just an exercise in futility uh, because the, the kids just don't listen that much. So what I try to focus on is we're going to run pick and roll action on offense and then, I am in charge of just yelling, find your man. Because the amount of time that an eight or nine-year-old kid cannot know who his man is blows my mind, right? Now, I'm 40, so the, there's only five people on the court, right? You know that one of them is your man. I would bet that 80% of the time, when we come down the court, there is just a guy who is standing all by himself. And so I lost my voice. I think I said this on the show yesterday because I'm on the bench screaming, that's your man. Just get on your man. I'm not saying you have to play great defense. Just be within a small like distance from him. You can't play zone in the league, right? God forbid if we tried to implement a zone. But so you have to be your man. You have to be within four feet of your man or it's an illegal defense. So I am just screaming the whole time. Find your man, find your man, find your man. That's what I do for the entire hour-long game. And it's amazing to me. And so uh, sometimes I'm yelling it so loud and the kids are, you know, like not paying attention. So it's a balancing act, right? Like how much hype action do you get going here versus how much do you just let them go out and play? And I don't know what the answer is. I don't want them to be nervous. Like I had a conversation with my son uh, and uh, we're 13-1, and but the game we lost... He was like Doug Gottlieb. He was oh, he's a point guard, and he was 0 for 6 from the free throw line. And I said, oh, for, you're way 0 for 6? I mean, in the backyard with me, you know, you can hit 20 in a row. I was like, what happened? He said, well, I got nervous. So you got ner- you're, you're shooting free throws all by yourself. Like, you shouldn't be nervous. This is your opportunity to show off. Like, so, but then I was like, man, am I, am I talking to him too much? You know, like during the free throws and everything else. And so I don't know the answer. What's the proper level? So you just played in a church basketball league. What's the proper level of hype versus nervousness for a county basketball championship when you're an eight, nine-year-old? Well, my question is, is the team that you're going to be facing off with for the championship the team that you lost to, or have you played this team already, never, or is this a, never, a brand-new opponent? Brand-new opponent. So the way that it works in our league is we lost, so we went 8-0 in the regular season, and then we lost the tournament title game by four, which was when my son missed six straight free throws. So we lost by four, and my son went 0 for 6 from the free throw line, Doug Gottlieb style. And so I was like, well, how much do I talk to him? So my only coaching mechanism after that was like, I was like, dude, you know, you shouldn't go 0 for 6 because he can make like 20 in a row in the backyard. And so I got him the Michael Jordan. (laughs) This is my coaching mechanism. I got my phone out, and I pulled up the Michael Jordan, you know, like the, which I think is maybe the greatest ad that's ever been made. 
uh, for a sport. Like, it'd be a fun topic sometime in the summer when there's not going on. What's the best sporting ad that you've ever seen with an athlete in it? I think the Jordan missed the shots ad. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? Like, I'm, you know, whatever it is, 36 times I've had a chance to make the game-winning shot and missed, right? I think that's probably my favorite sports ad that has ever aired. You guys know which one I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, that was a great one. Yeah. I mean, it's an incredible ad. So my only uh, method of coaching for my son after he went 0 for 6 in the, in the tournament you know, uh, championship game was to pull up the Michael Jordan ad and just play it for him a couple times and be like, hey, you know, even the best players uh, sometimes miss shots that they should make or that they wish they would have made or whatever else is not going to you know, be uh, – it doesn't mean that you're going to miss the next time. So, I, But I was like, I don't know how much pressure to put on him. So the way this thing is then set up is everybody who either wins the regular season or the tournament is then put into the county tournament. So there are two different county tournaments where we live here in the Nashville area. And so uh, we are in the championship game of one of the county tournaments. So, uh, so there will be, I guess two county champions and then we don't play against each other so they end up with two county-wide championships for eight nine-year-old basketball but we haven't played against this team it's not like we've scouted them out it's not like we have any you know we're not traveling to other gyms to watch the teams play and try to be putting together scouting reports well sounds like coach isn't doing his job then i mean well, if you're not a Coach sometimes can do his job by showing up 15 minutes beforehand and watching the team that plays before you play. So, look, the truth of the matter is when it's 8-9 boy basketball, like you can tell pretty quickly who the good players are by a couple of possessions and adjust defensive strategies accordingly. Yeah, I think uh, what you got to do is get there, like you said, a few minutes early, do a quick scouting report, find the kid or two on the other side that looks dangerous, and you put your best defender on him and say, look, this is on your shoulders tonight, all right? You got to go out there. You got to shut this guy down tonight. And if you do that, we win the game. I don't know who that would be on your squad, but I say for the rest of the team, you, you tell them, you know, go out there, play your game. But you got to single a couple guys out who can lock some people down on the defensive end. And you say, this game is on yours. Don't worry about the scoring on the offensive side. The defense is where you're going to win this game. The tonight. other question, and I'm curious what you guys think about this when you're coaching 8-9 um, basketball is, you can tell a lot by just watching the layup line of the opposing team. And so I but I always also feel a little bit bad about scrutinizing the layup line of the opposing team while your team's getting ready, but I feel like 95% of your scouting you can tell just by watching the layup line. Like when you're 8-9 boys basketball, if you've ever had a kid play or you've ever watched it, 95% of all you need to know you can tell from the layup line. Because a lot of kids either they can't dribble very well or when they get close to the rim, like they're not able to even finish in the layup line. And you're like, okay, I mean, look, there are a lot of crazy shots that get put up during the course of the game, right? And some of them go in, uh, sometimes you get lucky. But by and large, the kids who can shoot a layup are the best guys. So a lot of times you can just look at that. But I also feel like it's kind of weird to, while your team's warming up, just be standing looking at the other team. And so I, I, I'm like, I'm trying to sneak glances, but not be aggressive about the scouting me mechanism. Does that make sense? I need a guy. I sound like the Houston Astros now. I need like a dad in the bleachers who's like aggressively focused on the opposing team who will just text me, hey, look out for four and 15. Those are their two scores, you know, because that's all you really need to know when you're setting up your defensive strategy. 
What what's the age threshold where that becomes appropriate as the opposing coach? I mean, because you're right, it, it is kind of a strange act to do with you know eight, nine, ten year old kids, you know, aggressively scouting like the in, opposite in the tournament line. that we played on Wednesday. The opposing coach got teed up, and and <laughs> and I didn't blame him because, and I'm probably going to get in trouble because inevitably when I talk about this stuff, like people are listening and they're like they end up being the officials for the games. But I got to say, one of the officials was unbelievably bad like just so bad that even though it's eight nine year old boys basketball like you wanted to take issue with like 15 and 15 of the calls 15 of the calls that were made I was like that was the wrong call and in a you know 24 minute basketball game if you get 15 things wrong like that kind of is a big deal and so uh and it was really also aggressively called and so I mean there, there was a lot of like you know Double dribbling, traveling, illegal defense, uh, moving the ball, like moving when you're passing the ball in from out of bounds. I mean, again, we're talking about eight, nine-year-old boy basketball. So there's a lot of, you know, again, this is why I said the difference between coaching baseball and coaching basketball and even football is at this age, basketball is so much harder to do. Because, again, you can put a kid out in the outfield and he's probably not going to have to catch a fly ball. And even if he's not a great batter, he only comes up one time out of 10 or whatever, right? And so if the athlete is not very good in eight, nine-year-old Little League, even if it's not very good in flag football, well, you put him on the offensive or defensive line and just tell him to try to grab the other guy's flag, but he doesn't have to move that much and he doesn't have to use a lot of his coordination. Dribbling a basketball, setting a screen, Making a shot when you're little with a basketball that's a decent sized up at the rim, it's so much more difficult. And so there are a lot of violations that take place. And my inclination is, you know, when a kid gets the ball and maybe moves his pivot foot as he's like turning around a little bit, I'm probably not going to call that travel. Now, if he gains an advantage trying to go to the basket or something, like it's, it's granted, it's a tough thing for an official to do too. But the, but the opposing coach got teed up. And I, I haven't ever gotten close to getting teed up, I don't think. Um, but I will on the you know bench. It's hard for me not to be like, oh, you know, like I'm mostly talking to my team. But every now and then, you know, there's a bad call and the kids will react and I'll be like, you know, don't worry about it. I think they got that one wrong. But I don't know. It's a great question. At what age can you actually start to take it serious enough? I think we had this conversation once before. We lost a game because one of our runners in baseball – got called for running out of the base paths. And the reason why he ran out of the base path was because there was a kid trying to field the ball in front of him and he didn't want to run into him. Like literally the kid like mis- mishandled the ground ball and it was directly in front of him. And so he ran out of the way and the umpire called him out for running out of the base paths. And I think 100% that was the wrong call. But I was like, well, do I get thrown out of the, of the you know seven-year-old boy baseball league? <laughs> because the umpire made a wrong call that literally cost us the game. Yeah, that's a terrible call. We had bases loaded. We had a ground ball to shortstop with two outs. We were going to have everybody safe, but the the kid running from second to third base ran out of the base paths, and the umpire called him out for running out of the base paths, which meant the tying run didn't score, and we were otherwise going to have bases loaded with our best hitter coming up in the bottom half of the inning, and if he got on base, if he got you know bases loaded, the runner scores from third, we win the game. Instead, the runner was called out for running out of the base path. 
Now, me, I was the assistant coach. Usually I'm the assistant coach because I have to travel a lot. Um, and I feel bad if I'm missing practice or whatever else. Um, so, But the head coach and I, we were like talking, like, what should we have done there? We lost that game because of a bad call, but do you want to be the dad who gets tossed in you know, seven-year-old boys baseball over a bad umpire call? And so we didn't really argue it. So I think that's all. there's a lot of dads out there, moms probably too, that have been in that perspective. Like, do you... Even if they, you know that they're wrong, do you push it because of the level? Like, I, And I don't know what the age is where you're like, oh, I'm definitely going to argue. I think certainly high school, right? Like, I, I think certainly by high school, you would aggressively argue if you think your team is being treated wrongly. And it's not uncommon for a high school basketball coach, let's say, to get teed up, right? Um, occasionally. Like, you don't want your guy Bobby Knight style throwing chairs or anything in high school basketball. But it's not uncommon if a call is made the wrong way for somebody to get teed up. I, think, I don't know. Well, what I do think you guys once they're think? 11, once they're 11 or 12, I think that's like, that's fair to... When yeah, somebody I, on the team can have a mustache, that's when you can start <laughs> to argue more aggressively? I would say middle school. Middle school would be, but, you know, that's sixth grade. Yeah, well, for some schools here in California, seventh, eighth grade, that that's right about the time, right before kids get to high school, I'd say. The mustache standard? What yeah. do you think? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, I remember my middle school coach, man, he would go off sometimes in eighth, seventh and eighth grade and it was it was fun to watch. I would just laugh about it cuz he would he would get hot. And I would <laughs> well, I mean, first it's of all, embarrassing. I would love for you. It's embarrassing how much you want to win. Like I had I, mean, I this is embarrassing to admit, but after we lost the one game that we lost this year, I thought we were the better team and I thought again, my son missed six free throws and I thought we choked it away and I was like that night when I was going to bed, I was replaying the uh the eight and nine-year-old boys basketball game in my head, like the things that we did wrong and the things that we could have done better. And like, it took me a while to fall asleep. And I was like, this is so ridiculous. I mean, I'm 40 years old. I got 50 jobs. I got three kids. I got a wife, mortgage, all the other obligations in my life. And I'm laying in bed thinking about the decisions that we made coaching in eight, nine-year-old boys basketball <laughs> that led us to lead. And so I felt bad about it. And the next game that we played when the tournament started, I was talking with uh, with the head coach, and I was like, man, this is kind of embarrassing. I was like, but I couldn't sleep Saturday night after we lost. I was like, man, I was replaying every decision that we made, wondering if we made the right choices and everything else. And he's like, I'm glad you said that. He was like, because I had so much trouble sleeping too. Like, we shouldn't have lost that game. We had two, like, we were eight, nine-year-old boys basketball. The other team banked in two threes. I mean, what are the odds of double banked in threes going against you? And then, like I said, my son missed six free throws straight. Uh, and and so I was like, yeah, this is – this. I think we went one for ten from the free throw line or something crazy like that. So, obviously, with the county tournament, I'm like, how do I balance out the uh, – like, this is kind of a fun game. It's a It would be a big game. It's a nice-sized trophy if you win. But also, I don't want to overhype the team and, and or get them too nervous. <laughs> yeah, it's, so, it's a tough spot to be in, especially at that age, you know. So uh... – I don't know. I, I got good faith in uh, in your ball club there, Clay. You know, I the worst thing that I would say I've done as a coach is um, I last year, and this is an eight nine year old, I guess, uh, boys baseball. We had an awful call made by an umpire at third base, and I was the third base coach. And I mean, the runner was clearly safe, and this uh, this kid, I mean, he's probably like seventeen or eighteen, is the umpire, and he called him out. And I was like, you know, I think you missed that one. Uh, you know, make it up to us a little bit later. And then as we jogged off, and it was it cost us several runs. It may well have cost us a game. And as I jogged off, you know, to go back to the dugout, I stopped to talk to the umpire, and I was like, again, I said, hey, I just want you to know I, I'm 100% sure you got that call wrong. And the umpire said, I don't care. 
And I was like, oh. oh, oh, you little sniveling son of a bitch. You could say a lot of things if you are an umpire. <laughs> but if you say, I don't care when, look, I mean, I'm literally standing at third base. Like uh, the, 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 the runner easily beat the 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 like it was a force out the runner easily got there beforehand foot's clearly on the bag wrong call was made you can say a lot of things I'm not saying you have to be a hundred percent when you umpire a ref or do anything in life but when your response when I tell him is I mean he's getting paid this isn't volunteer like you are being paid to do this when you say to me I don't care then I lost it a little bit and I was like you don't care and so I stopped on the field. I didn't go Lupinella and like take a, a base a, a thing out, but I didn't get kicked out of the game. But I, I would. That's the only time I've ever actually gotten mad as a coach. Do you say anything to me? I don't care is not the answer. Like your, I was like your job. You are being paid only to care. Like that's literally the only reason why you are being paid to be here right now is to care about trying to do your best to get the job right. So I let that kid have it. I don't know how old he was, 17 or 18. And then my wife's like, you can't do that because people know who you are. Like, you can't, you are a public figure. You can't argue with an umpire in seven, eight-year-old, eight, nine-year-old boy baseball, Little League baseball. I was like, well, I I disagree. That little punk teenage kid, that 17 or 18-year-old kid, he needs to learn that the last thing you say when you're working and you're getting paid is, I don't care. You miss a call, all right. I don't care. Like, literally, dude, the only reason you're being paid is to care. So I let that kid have it. I think he deserved it. (laughs) Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. And you know O'Reilly Auto Parts? You know, o o o -O who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. We got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when 
you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a robot pachinko machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my! Look at that! He is! And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Pirelli tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended installer near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerackcom sports to see their pirelli test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerackcom sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be we're going up to Indianapolis now. Charles Davis at CFD 22. He joined us all during the football season. I was watching him last night. I can't get enough of the NFL Combine. Charles, would you have ever believed when you started going up to the Combine in Indianapolis, I don't know how many years you've been doing it now, but you've been doing it a while, that it would be yeah. in prime time? Not in the beginning. Not at all, Clay. I think in the beginning, the first time I did the Combine, it was uh, it was presented to you in a manner that this Combine is sacrosanct. You know, yep. this is this is nothing but a laboratory to watch these kids. This is all strictly for the, the coaches and the scouts and, and the league personnel. And if we start doing anything else, we've messed up the entire thing. And then as we started to go along over the years, you know, you'd see the little chinks in the armor, right? You'd see the, you know, what I call chink in the armor, meaning openings. Yeah. Oh, now we're going to bring in a few sponsors they can watch, you know, from the upper deck. And we're going to do this a little bit different. And then I thought to myself, yeah, we're headed towards prime time. You know, once once the draft moved to primetime with, with the Thursday night open and was so successful, it was just a matter of time. And I think it's just a matter of time before it gets opened up truly for spectators, too. You know, I couldn't, as you said, I wouldn't have believed it in the beginning. Now I think that that's a, you know, that's a fait accompli coming. Charles, I watched. My boys wanted to watch. Um, you know, I mean, I think it just speaks to the degree to which football captivates our nation. What did we learn in day one of the on the field drilling for wide receivers and quarterbacks what did you see what surprised you what will be impactful as we move towards the draft in two months well i think that we always start with the quarterbacks because they are the rock stars yeah all right and everything we thought in the top of the draft maybe even more so can happen now you know we 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 said it was you know a lock that, that that the top two picks would be burrow 
to Cincinnati and Chase Young, the defensive end, to Washington. Well, I think Washington is going to play it out a little bit that, hey, maybe there's a little bit of interest in Tua because they're bringing him. I think they, they, they met with him and Joe Burrow. Yep. And now, well, okay, well, that means everyone's got to jump a little bit. I think Jordan Love from Utah State put himself in a position to be considered in the top ten. Wow. Justin Herbert Justin yeah. Herbert threw the heck out of the football last night. So now that solidifies him and elevates his position. I think that, that Jacob Eason, people are going to do a lot more work on Well, not a lot more, but the teams are going to keep working on Jacob Eason because the maturity question was the biggest one with him, not the arm. The arm was there, and, and he threw it well. And if he continues to present himself well to scouts and teams, he could be, could be in the running. So every year we talk about, well, there will be X number of quarterbacks, and it's usually more. I thought that for the tight ends, the blocking sled won. <laughs> but that shouldn't be a, that shouldn't be a surprise to anyone. Yeah. We don't ask these tight ends to block very much. Right. They'll learn how to do that. But by the way, Clay, they did what they're supposed to. They caught the ball. Yeah. All right. So we can work with that. And then the wide receivers, you know, some of them put on a show. Chase Claypool, people were wondering about his athleticism. He blew that away at 238 pounds. He no longer has to worry about being a tight end. I thought Denzel Mims from Baylor was extremely athletic out there and we already knew he was but boy he really was and then of course Henry Ruggs went for the record in the in the 40 yard dash ended up pulling a little bit didn't do much more but he did vertically 42 inches before he stopped Jalen Rager from TCU did the same thing the athleticism of these receivers touted as the deepest group yeah it was on display last night how many quarterbacks would you set the over under at in the first round I mean it seems clear Burrow uh it seems clear to uh it seems clear Herbert now what you're saying about Jordan Love it seems like he's there Jacob Eason Jake Fromm on the outside is it five is it five and a half do you think six go what would you say I'm setting I'm setting the line at five yep I don't think Fromm gets there yeah but I will say this Jalen Hurts many of us thought probably third round fourth round He's going to get a Dak Prescott bump, and then I thought he was tremendous last night. And here's the thing that people have to keep in mind that I'm going to keep pounding the table for. He is the son of a high school coach himself. Yep. I think sometimes that gets lost. We always kind of throw that on those so-called non-athletic kids like Kellen Moore. When he was coming out, yeah. first thing you'd hear, you know, you know his dad's a successful high school coach. His kid's a gym rat, and he was. Okay, but sometimes we put it on kids and we really pump them up with that, and others do get short shrift from it. Jalen Hurts is a gym rat too. Dad's been carrying him to practice since he was a little guy, and yeah, by the way, he coached him in high school before he went on to greater glory at Alabama and Oklahoma. You saw, I think you saw his segment with Steve Mariucci on the on the uh, whiteboard. Yeah, kid knows how to think the game as well as play the game. I think he's looking at a second round pick now. You mentioned the Redskins. Is that all subterfuge designed to try to force somebody to trade up to get Tua because they're trying to let people think that they're going to get Tua? Or do you legitimately believe Ron Rivera is contemplating basically saying Dwayne Haskins is not the guy like we saw happen with a first-year coach in Cliff Kingsbury with Josh Rosen last year, which seems to have broken the mold of if you draft a guy in the first round, you have to give him more than a year. Do you think Ron Rivera would follow the Kingsbury method and do that for Tua, or is this just about trying to extract value for the number two pick? I lean towards extracting value, but as you pointed out so so astutely, the door's open. Yeah. And, and, and you have to remember, everyone, Ron Rivera did not draft Dwayne Haskins. So yep. he's, not married, he's not married to him in that way, but there's no GM. 
so that means that right now Ron Rivera is probably the highest ranking decision maker. You know, I don't unless they're leaning on Doug Williams. I, I don't know how they're doing that there. But Dan Snyder is the owner of the team. The decision he has to make is: Am I going to allow you, if indeed you do like two a better, to go ahead and do that? Considering we spent that capital on a first round quarterback last year, the closest I can get to that, Clay, and, and you already mentioned Arizona. But think about when Seattle signed Matt Flynn to that big contract yep. and then drafted Russell Wilson in the third round. That meant that John Schneider and Pete Carroll had to go back to, to Paul Allen, you know, God rest his soul, right, and say, Mr. Allen, um, I know we asked you for all the money for Matt Flynn, but we want to start the third-round rookie. What? Yeah. So so, so that had to, you know, and, and look, behind closed doors, you know Paul Allen told him, you're the football guys. But oh, by the way, guys, before the door hits, it better work. Yeah. You know, you know that was said because because that kind of money comes into play. Uh, so so that's how we are. But I think you're right. The, the the mold has been broken a little. The door's open, and Ron Rivera is going to be evaluating Dwayne Haskins and relationship there, as well as Tua getting ready for the draft. So yeah, I think ultimately they don't take him. But let's say that the, the, the examination will be will be thorough. Charles, the mold's broken. You got Mike Mayock, who you used to work with a lot, who's now the GM of the Raiders. You got uh, John Lynch, who you used to work with a lot at Fox, who's now the GM of the 49ers. You may get to be a GM one day. (laughs) So I'm going to give you a GM question here, one that is blowing up the combine. If Brady is out there for the Titans, and you are John Robinson and you are Mike Vrabel, do you want Brady or do you want Ryan Tannehill? How do you make that decision? Yeah, I can't. How fast can my plane get to Tom Brady? And, <laughs> you're you're and, sold and, on Brady. Yeah, and that's and look, you know, look, Ron Tannehill is smart enough to know, and I would have that conversation with him. It, it would be irresistible. I can't not take my shot with the pretend, you know, the greatest quarterback of all time with a team that went to the AFC Championship game. I, I can't not go for that. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, Ryan, appreciate what you've done. That was terrific. No, I'm going with Tom Brady, okay? I, I, look, how many games are we going to have where Tom Brady's going to throw for 100, under 100 yards in a game? Never. We're not, we're not going to have that. So if I continue to surround him, you felt like, you know, the offensive line continues to play well, Derrick Henry gets signed. I'm taking my chances with Tom Brady. Plus, you have the relationship with Brady Vrabel, Brady Robinson. They know how to do things. You know, they, they can kind of talk that code with each other because they understand that, that, that shorthand from the Patriots days. Are you kidding me? Tom Brady can still play. It'd be one thing if we thought he was descending so badly that all you're doing is getting Joe Namath going to the Rams or Johnny Unitas going to the Chargers. You saw that ahead of time. That was a forced deal that you counted on the name. In this case, this is a guy who can still play, in my humble opinion. I, I, which plane do you want me to send, Tom? And does Giselle want one for herself? I mean, it, it, no, again, no offense to Ryan Tannehill, but I don't think he would take any either. Outstanding stuff, Charles Davis. Final segment of the week next. This is Outkick. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Uh, Here's the question for you guys as we uh, roll in and for everybody who's waking up and maybe you haven't gotten the latest on the Tom Brady drama. uh, Brady reportedly going to leave uh, New England Patriots according to everything that was coming out yesterday. The odds makers have adjusted the lines in a big way. I'm looking right now at Fox Bet 
roughly a lot of different places now having it in the 50-50 realm of whether Tom Brady is going to be back with the New England Patriots. I still, if I had to bet, would bet on him staying with the Patriots. But if he's going to leave the Patriots, I would go with the Titans. You just heard Charles Davis say it would be an easy call for him to go with Tom Brady. Uh, the Raiders right now are favored at 2-1 to one, roughly. Titans 4-1. to one, Colts 6-1. to one, Chargers 7 to 1, Tampa Bay Buccaneers 10 to 1. So uh, we will uh, be talking about this a great deal. In fact, how many consecutive days do you think we will mention Tom Brady between now and NFL free agency starting? I'm betting, I'm going to be on, I think, every day uh, until NFL free agency. I am betting we will talk Tom Brady every day, all through Monday through Friday, at some point, not the whole show necessarily. But at some point Monday through Friday and at some point Monday through Friday of the week after, NFL free agency, in in case you are wondering, officially begins on, I believe it's the 18th. Am I right about that? The day after St. Patrick's Day. But you can start to negotiate with free agents on the 15th. So some of these news stories start to come out starting around the 15th, but the official signings can occur on the 18th. So we're talking about essentially two weeks now of NFL free agent drama. I think we talked Brady 11 straight days. Is there any doubt at all? Does anybody doubt that on the show? No Um, doubt. None. 12 probably. I mean, until he officially is signing uh, a contract, he's going to be the number one story, I think, in sports, even more so than whatever's going on in college basketball or the NBA. That's how much Brady's going to matter. It's going to be, I think, the two most, the two biggest free agents in the history of the NFL to this point are Brett Favre and Peyton Manning in terms of the amount of attention they've been given. Probably Reggie White back in the day, right around that vicinity, but Peyton Manning uh, and Brett Favre, one and two. Brady's going to be at least as big as those guys based on the number of teams that are involved. I appreciate all of you. Encourage you to download the Outkick podcast. Make sure you didn't miss a single minute. Uh, John Morosi was great. Charles Davis was great. Thanks to those guys for swinging by uh, from uh, Ann Arbor, Michigan, and the Combine up in Indianapolis, Indiana. Great week as always. Thank you for hanging out with us. I'm Clay Travis. This has been Outkick on Fox Sports Radio. This is Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed 
Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.